Welcome to episode 26 of the Tim Weichselbaum Show. I am doing this episode at 4 a.m. on a Friday. Saturday morning is the correct terminology for what day it is. I told myself I would not record tonight, but I got, you know what, I just decided I'm too pissed off to not do that. I'm doing it. I couldn't go to sleep before doing this. I just, something happens where it's just like, you know what? I just have to yell at something. I have to yell at a camera, facing it the whole time. I came prepared this time. I don't know, man. It's just like, I, anytime something happens where I get like a little bit of validation and then people like treat me like I'm not good or something and they don't realize that I'm like too good to be treated the way they're treating me, it just pisses me off, dude. But I'll get more into that later, dude. I'm an Austinite now. I'm officially a person from Austin. It doesn't matter that I've only been here for eight months or ten months, however freaking long. I am from here. I'm a native Austinite. Doesn't mean I was born here. I belong here. I officially no longer regret moving here. It only took about eight months. Jesus Christ, am I already sick of it though. I love it in some way. I hate it in another way. Like it's a cool place to be. Sometimes it's also a really shitty place to be a lot of the times, but I'm not here to complain. I'm here to go on a journey. This is a journey. And man, am I sick of not knowing how to talk? What is wrong? Why do I not have confidence anymore when it comes to simple conversation? I guess I'm just like afraid of like alienating people, but why? Why? People alienate me all the time, dude, and I just roll with it. I go, yeah, whatever. He's probably just having a bad day. He probably just has autism. He's probably just a retarded idiot who can't learn from his mistakes, so I'm just going to let him give it a little pass. I'm fucking sick of it, though, dude. I'm a one-man click. Nobody's cool enough to join my click yet. I've, I've met, like, I don't know, a thousand people in the past eight months. None of them have joined my click. None of them have asked me to join their click. You need a click. Everyone, like, it's, if you're a stand-up comedian, I guess that's what this podcast is mostly about. This podcast is about basically just being an open micer and the struggles of being a failed, you know, failing comedian. Even that is like an accomplishment. Even to fail at comedy is... I don't even think I qualify as that. Like somebody's like I definitely don't call myself a comedian, like but I I don't even think I qualify as like a fucking as an unsuccessful comedian. That's how bad I am at being comfortable like identifying as something like that. It's it's very like personal and vulnerable to tell people that you're a comedian cuz instantaneously they will go well, I haven't heard of you. Uh, are you funny? Tell me a joke. Where do you go up? Oh, nowhere? Just open mics? So you're a failed comedian. Yeah, that's why I didn't fucking want to tell you, you asshole. Like, f- fucking so sick of people asking me what I do for a living. I, like, it's not comedy. I don't do that for a living. I do it to stay alive because it's fun. It's, it gives my life some purpose. 
But what do I do for a living? Uh, do I have to do something? For, how about nothing? If you're considered that, that I like, why do people just assume I have a job? Just because I drive a okay car, I drive a decent car. It's like, and then they go, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" I need to know because it's a because. I need to comprehend how some young-looking fuck, fuck boy who looks like he's in his early 20s, which I'm not, and I don't. I don't look like I'm in my early 20s. Maybe in like when it's good lighting, I look young. But fucking just because I'm short doesn't mean I'm young, you fucking dumbass society. Fucking idiots. Oh, this guy's small. He must be young. Yeah, no, short people exist. We don't get fucking taller, like, just because we're in our 30s. I don't know, okay. My head is just spinning across topics of hatred and hate and uh, irritability, but it comes from a place of earnesty. I'm not angry for any, for a bad reason. I'm angry because people are fucking idiots, dude. They, tre they treat me like, okay. So I, I went to the, through the drive-through of In-N-Out Burger, and usually when you go through a drive-through, they don't start a conversation where they ask you a bunch of personal questions about your life. They just say, "Okay, it'll be sixteen dollars," and then they take your credit card and they go, "Okay, second window." Why the fuck was this In-N-Out fucking cashier, which is what he is, fucking piece of shit? Why was he so nosy? First, like I was, I went to In and Out on Guadalupe near the college campus or whatever in Austin. I'm saying exactly where it was because I'm angry at them. I almost went back just to yell at them. That's how fucking angry I was. Um, because the dude was like, for some reason, just was like, "Hey man, nice car. How much does it cost?" Okay, here's how much it costs. I guess I'll fucking tell you, even though it's a rude question, kind of. Borderline rude question. Definitely annoying question. Who the fuck wants to be asked how much their car costs if it's like a nice car, like which it isn't even that nice. It's nice-ish. Jesus, fuck. How much does that car cost? And I told him I had to think about it because who I don't know how much it costs. I'm, I don't care how much it costs. I don't remember. I vaguely remember 36000 I think. I don't know. I have enough money where I don't have to fucking know how much shit costs, you fucking poor piece of shit. <laughs> so anyway, I'm coming off very angry and, and like elitist right now because I guess that's what happens when people paint you into a corner. Uh... So I guess I was just trying to be nice, and I told him how much it costs. And then he's like, what do you do for a living? And I should have said, I don't know, can I just get my food? What I did say was software, which is not true. I don't do anything any right now, but I guess that was what I used to do to accumulate the money that I'm living off of. I made zero dollars this year. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude. I'm getting my degree. I used to be a network guy or something, and now I'm a cashier somehow. And now I'm studying computer science. I was like, there you go. Which should have been his cue to fucking stop the conversation because that's a sign that I'm not interested. When somebody just says, there you go, 
I don't give a fuck that you're studying CS, dude. I'm 20 years into my career. I'm semi-retired. And that's what I said. He's like, where company do you work for? I was like, I don't, my own. I'm, I work for my own company. And that's when he got like a little bit like pissed off because he could tell I was like more successful than he was comfortable with. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm driving a nice car and I'm young and successful and I work for my own company, you cashier jackass. How do you go from networking to being a cashier that makes $15 an hour, by the way? You must be a total fuck up. And then uh, he said, your gas thing is open. I was, he said, is he asked, is your gas tank open? I was like, I don't know. I can't see. So I tried to see. I, like, I don't know. You tell me, is it open? I don't know. So somebody fucked with it and opened it. And I don't know what siphoned gas for me or something. I don't know. Don't care. But I, it was awkward. And then, so I've told, I just, he was, then I realized I was blocking the line and I was like, oh, I'm blocking the line. He was like, yeah, like, thanks. It's because of you, asshole. I didn't want to be talking to you about my personal life. You fuck. Like he was irritated that I told him I was semi-retired and working for my own company. And it's like, okay, I'm sorry I told you the truth. Now I know not to do that because people judge you if you're successful and young. It's fucking hard being young, sexy, and successful. Man, I mean, it's fucking awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's fucking great. But it's like, I'm not the one who made it weird. You did. People like to make it weird because they're jealous if somebody is more successful than them, it's like, okay, it's not my fault. I guess I can't be your friend if you're going to talk to me like I'm an asshole when I, oh, I'm sorry I worked hard. I'm sorry I thought of my own business plan and executed it myself flawlessly better than anyone else in the whole fucking world. Oh, I guess I'm just supposed to be a fucking average Joe and just not use my intelligence that my fucking brain had as a baby and then i got older didn't die didn't get cancer i'm mentally sufficient stable i'm not crazy even though i sound crazy and, and act weird like like it's lonely dude it's fucking lonely at the top not even close to the top dude i'm, I'm middle class all it would take to lose all my money is one thousand pounds of cocaine i don't even know see you could tell i don't do cocaine because it's not pounds it's kilo it's sold in kilos keys but anyway it's just fucking and i do talk about success a lot on stage because hey i don't know it, it fits my persona perfectly what am i supposed to do just pretend i don't like to do that my point of view as a comedian is asshole it's pro it's definitely that like i'm i'm sorry but it works so i'm gonna keep doing it it's too late to try to be the nice guy on stage i'm not likable some people are likable and they they lean into it and they develop an act around their likability yeah i don't do that i do the complete opposite i don't build an act and i just go up there and just be an asshole and sometimes it's fucking hilarious and i got quite cocky at it after a certain point of doing it in Chicago 
because uh, there was better venues <laughs> that were actually indoors, so it was actually a little bit easier to achieve a quality set or whatever. I mean, Jesus Christ, is there some shitty venues in Austin. I'm so tired of bombing on patios, dude. Like, I love Texas. But comedy is not supposed to be done on a fucking patio, for fuck's sake, dude. Like, oh my God. So I got to start my own venue. I got to do something, dude. I'm, I got to invest, rent a venue. That's the one thing I miss about Chicago is there were like improv venues that you could just rent out because they were small and like cheap and they were perfect for stand-up. And people, whenever I, I told that to somebody today, I was like, yeah, I like Chicago because there's like these improv theaters. Like, Never do Second City? Like, yeah, asshole, I've been to Second City. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about smaller ones that are not ripoffs and just based on fame. that just ride off their past famous people that only that, okay, yeah, Second City didn't work for me i got nothing out of that i didn't i didn't take classes i did io i did a couple classes at io which is no longer a thing but it was a pretty good you know well-respected establishment and i realized after two classes you know to set the second level i made it through the first level no problem second level i was like yeah fuck this because that's when it started to get a little more serious and like okay you're not just supposed to like be an asshole and, you know, so I, I was like, yeah, I'm a stand-up. Fuck improv. I'm not knocking it. Some people like it. That's fine. I don't even like watching stand-up, let alone improv. I mean, Jesus. Anyway, I'm in a good mood because I microdosed today. I'm doing it every two to three days. Sometimes, actually, I'm still experimenting with how often to do it because there's no hard and fast rule, and I want it to be potent i'm not gonna do it every day so i took a little bit of my, a little bit today and it fucking put me in the, the best mood and not like in a druggy type of way like you don't get high it makes you just feel normal it just makes you go like hey this is a fucking beautiful day like the pff, perfect weather and it just makes you just enjoy being in the present no matter where you are, unless you're like, I don't know, about to get killed. And you're just walking past homeless people on 7th Street in like the worst fucking part of the city. I'm not knocking it, but I am because it sucks. And uh, and I just felt like, hey man, nothing could really bother me right now. I'm in the zone. I'm just happy to be alive. And so I, so microdosing, I can't, I can't praise it enough. I would never recommend it to somebody because I hate when people just push drugs or whatever on people or lifestyles like hey man you should do this i see that you're you're clearly too pale you should go outside and get some fucking sun it's like i didn't ask for advice shithead <laughs> i don't do that to people and i think it's rude to tell people how to live their lives but for me i fucking love it and uh, i'm going to keep doing it anyway so but <laughs> So I went like I went down to 7th Street, 6th Street, 36th Street to go to the Hilton Hotel to do an open mic. I hate being around normal people in, an, in a crowded elevator. It's fucking trash. 
I would have rather taken the stairs up to the 18th floor. Would have been good exercise, so why not? Fuck being around normal people. And I went past a loud group of black Israelites, you know, like these super racist, I don't know, like exactly, like they're, like they're black supremacists, I think. Uh, like not quite a terrorist group, but like kind of on the periphery of being like a very uh, radical, you know, it's definitely a radical, radical group. And they were fucking yelling in the megaphones like, fucker, what's with all these Latino people and the lizard people? Like, I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. It was basically Alex Jones, but left instead of right. It was like far left crack addicts. And uh, I don't know if they were crack addicts. They, I, they were loud. And I was in a good mood, and it didn't even bother me that they were like, talking shit about white people, I was like, you know what? I'm not even thinking about shooting them right now. I mean, of course, I thought about it, but, like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not even gonna think about it for that long. Like, they're nice. I was like, you know what? I support whatever. Of course I support their right to gather and and, uh, and yell whatever they want on the street. Uh, but I was afraid of them, so I just got the, I just slowly walked past them and hoped that they didn't shoot me. To be honest, I'm afraid of getting shot. I feel like there's a lot of like tension in the air, is in Austin especially because there's like a huge economic disparity that's just ever present and it's only getting worse. And like there's you there's so many people that are just dirt poor, and then there's people that are pretty fucking rich. And I feel like if you gotta pick one, yeah, I'm gonna pick the being rich side. I think that's way better. But that's just me. Uh, hey, don't knock it till you try it. Maybe being poor is pretty cool. I don't know. It looks pretty fun to just be on the street in a, sitting in a puddle of your own piss yelling at people that are better than you and then getting mad when they don't respond to your weird approach. What the fuck is wrong with poor people, dude? There's so many poor people or homeless people. Maybe they're not poor, but they're definitely like on the street and they look homeless and they probably are homeless because they're right by a homeless shelter and they get offended when you don't give them the time of day they'll be like sir sir and then of course i'm not gonna acknowledge them i'm not you know i value my life and so uh you know i value my time and i don't want to interact with somebody who's going to make me smell bad you know i don't know it's bad enough uh so they go, well, what the fuck? Why are you walking away? It's like, okay, that really made sense. That's why you're probably homeless because you don't, you don't, you're not very logical. Like, I'm going to stop and give you the time of day? I guess because some people are dumb enough that they do. Some people are so, like, sympathetic and empathetic, whatever the word is. They're so, like, charitable that these fucking dumb liberal cucks actually do talk to homeless people they go oh what's going on how can i help and they hug them like are you fucking you're just gonna throw away a shirt you're gonna waste a whole shirt because you want to feel good about yourself how fucking depraved are you that you're so desperate for validation and just the feeling good charity boner that you're gonna hug a homeless person and literally 
that there goes that outfit that you can never wear again. Like, I'm not being racist towards homeless people, like, whatever the word is. I'm not being, like, classist because uh, it's true. Like, I don't know. I've, like, I've kind of said this before. Like, is it really problematic if what you're saying is true? Is that really, like, an edgy thing to say? Is that, like, a outdated, like, like, hey, I don't know. Is every homeless person going to damage your clothing when you hug them? No, just 99% of them. They're fucking disgusting, and I'm right to fear them. And people that say that they're not that bad are fucking idiots, or they're just in denial and want to feel good about themselves and not be called an asshole. Well, hey, I got news for you. I don't really give a fuck if you think I'm an asshole. I'm right. So anyway, the microdose wore off, and i you could clearly see that I'm quite back to baseline. If anything, I'm even worse off than I was before I took them. I, I don't know, man. Sometimes just, I just get so, I just have to vent my frustration because if you haven't noticed, I don't really have a lot of close friends here yet that I could vent to, and like it's not like I'm going to call my parents. Who would do that? <laughs> I'm my own person, dude. I am my own parents. Can't just rely on my parents for everything these days, especially not emotional support. Are you fucking kidding me? So I gotta be my own man, and it's tough sometimes. You just gotta fucking bite the bullet and grind your teeth, because you know it's it's a tough place to be for many reasons. Texas is a tough place, and uh, I was walking on Sixth Street, you know, dirty Sixth Street. That's what it's called, like right past some fucking bar, and like some dude like, like tapped on my shoulder. Like, hey, man, come here. Like, just the the gall to think I'm going to stop in the most disgusting place in the fucking state to talk to a stranger? So I kept going, didn't even, like, fucking flinch. <laughs> like, Jesus, but at least nothing happened. I don't know. I'm, I was armed. I feel safer when I'm armed, not that I would ever feel safe to actually like i hope i never have to use my weapon i think about it sometimes like do like when what would it take for me to reach for my pistol not much not that much i, I think i know how to read a situation anyway racism is correct fuck the people that are anti-racist um <laughs> i get where they're coming from they have their heart is in the right place but they're ugh. Not really, to be honest. I already talked about patios, how they fucking suck. I don't know why people do stand-up shows on patios. It's fucking ridiculous. And I am jaded, I found out. Uh, somebody said, like, <laughs> I told somebody, yeah, man, uh, I made a lot of money last year, so, like, it takes a lot for me to get excited about something. Like, it kind of fucked up my brain fucked up my dopamine receptors and my reward system. He's like, oh, man, it sounds like you're jaded. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not jaded. He was like, no, that sounds exactly what, like, what jaded means. I was like, no, I'm happy. He was like, yeah. So, <laughs> so then I looked up the definition of jaded, and it means exactly what I fucking told him. It means somebody who's bored... And, uh, you know, hard to be 
yeah, just bored and apathetic because they got a lot of something. That's exactly what I told him. So he was completely on the nose, and I was like, no, man, I'm not jaded. Don't call me that. But, yeah, that's exactly what I am. But I'm not unhappy. I'm still, I, I'm actually, like, happier than I've ever been in the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years even. I, I wake up happy and excited to go out and talk to people. It's just that I am also talking to a lot of people that fucking drive me crazy. So I got to... I don't know, man. I just have a young-looking face that says, like, you could just ask me obnoxious questions. But some people are better at others than uh, than being polite. Politeness is totally underrated. And there needs to be more of it. And I try to be polite. That's why I haven't been, like, talking. Like, that's why I haven't been interjecting into conversations. And, you know, I don't need to be the center of attention all the time. I'm at a certain point in my life where, you know, I'm starting to get a little more, like, less uh, thirsty for attention, you know? Like, I could be on the sideline. I could support somebody else, give them attention. Like, I did a show. And I'll get more into that. This is a very deep or condensed episode, dense episode. A lot going on in this one. Came hot. Like, it's fucking four in the morning. <laughs> And I was like, "Don't do it. Don't do the episode today. You're not. You're you're in a too, you're in a bad mood. It's not going to be good quality." But then I was like, "Nah, if I am. If I'm too pissed off to go to bed. I already told you that. I have a good memory for what I've already talked about. Anyway, holy shit! It's like I like I said, dude. People get jealous, dude. Like they don't hide. Like I get it. I get being jealous of somebody that's young and successful." And I, even that I hate saying, but it's fucking true. Um, I'm young, hot, successful. It's fucking awesome. It'd be crazy if I wasn't enjoying it. And uh, But people are really bad at hiding their jealousy. Like, it's really rare to meet somebody that's like, just goes, yeah, that's awesome. So anyway, what else is, like, it's fucking... I need peers. I need somebody else that's also successful that wants to be my friend. That's why I go up to people that are out of my league, like Lex Friedman. I'm not fucking going up to him and talking his ear off and like bothering him, but I see him pretty regularly. And, you know, I like saying hi. That's it. I just go, hey, Lex, that's it. And then I fucking go back into the shadows. Because he is somebody that's young, successful, talented, hot. And I would be, that's the type of person I need in my clique. He would not be, like, jealous of me. And I'm not jealous of him. I look up to him. I admire him. But there's not a zilch, not a fucking ounce of resentment towards his success because I'm also successful. He's way more successful than me. He has like ongoing success. I just had like one little fucking spike of success. Uh, but I need people in my life that I could relate to without them resenting me. Dude, it's fucking pisses me off that people are going, Hey man, you're fucking rich. You could afford it. What are you complaining for? Oh, it must be nice. It's like, can I borrow some Dogecoin? It's like, 
yeah, that's how you greet people. Like you don't think you think that's a nice thing to say to somebody. Like you're just making yourself look like a resentful douchebag. Makes me not want to talk to you or associate with you. So I need peers, dude. It's like I'm not doing anything wrong. Like I said, I have nothing to apologize for. I did not do anything wrong, and it was not just luck. I fucking worked very hard to achieve what I achieved. It took years. It didn't just happen overnight. You know how they say it takes like 20 years to be an overnight success? Yeah, it's exactly true. It took 20 years of programming to achieve what I achieved, and it's not even that much. Like, big fucking whoop. Big whoop, I'm still hungry for more success of some kind. And I'm focusing very hard on stand-up right now. It's not going great. It's not going bad either. It's definitely not going that bad. It's just that I'm so humbled by... I'm not that humbled, but like... I just that I've been... I bomb so often and so hard that I cannot possibly walk around with a big head. It's impossible to do a fucking patio open mic where you eat a dick and then act like you're fucking awesome. It's like, yeah, man, I'm a fucking comic. Suck my dick. It's hard to do that when you just fucking alienated a whole crowd of people. So I don't have a big head and I'm, I'm even, I'm pretty even keel. Like I walk around, I, I like to talk to people in a generous way. I, I ask them questions about their life. I don't make it all about me. I fucking hate talking about myself. Anytime I'm talking for more than 10 seconds, I feel myself going like, okay, I've had, I feel like, I, like I'm talking about myself too much. And that's a good quality to have. Like not everybody does that. I don't know if you've noticed, but like a lot of people like really suck at uh basic conversational skills. Like a lot of people just kind of interrupt like, "Hey, I don't just whenever." They just go, "Oh, okay, you're talking. Well, I'm I'm going to just start talking over you now." Like I know when to stop talking. I don't need you to interrupt me. Like I know that I know to end my sentences. I don't need you to end them in between my fucking words, you fucking dickhead. Most people that I'm talking to, like, you're probably cool. Whoever's watching this, you're probably cool because I'm lecturing you on how to be cool and you learn from me because I'm a godfather of lifestyle choices. Anywho, fucking pisses me. Oh my God. That is a skill. Podcasting is a skill. There are, there are so many comedians that have shitty fucking podcast because they don't know how to have an interesting conversation that's the reason joe rogan's is still so fucking good and popular is because he has he's a genius at conversational skills like i'm sorry if you don't has nothing to do with if you like him or if you agree with him he is a extremely talented person at podcasting he wasn't just the first one to do it because uh, there are so many comedians that are on Joe Rogan's podcast, and then they have a podcast, and it fucking blows because they suck at it. So, I don't know. I'm glad I have that skill, kind of. Like, I, I am good at conversation. I know this because I was at a com. I mean, I know it already, but here's an example. Uh, I ask really good questions that 
not just for my own sake, but for the person in the conversation's sake, the other person, they get something out of it. It, it brightens their, it gives them validation. I know what questions to ask to propagate or propel a conversation. Uh, cause I met somebody last night or two nights ago who was wearing a shirt of the comedy store, the picture of the comedy store, very iconic looking building in, in, uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, it came up, you know, it, it was obvious that he had a very strong connection to it. So I asked him, of course, do you work there? He was like, no, not anymore. I designed the fucking look of it though and i was the general something not the manager but he basically was like the operational something he had a big fucking job there after mitzi retired i believe and uh i didn't get his name but i was afraid to even ask his name that's how important he was and it turns out because i asked i was like he was like yeah i i designed i I pretty much spruced up the place. And I was like, okay. Right, who's the one that decided to put the names on the building? Because that's a very iconic thing about it is that it has names of comedians on the wall. He was like, yo, oh, I don't know. That was me. I was like, holy shit. Damn, so you're the dude that made it as iconic looking as it is. So that alluded to, the, that. that created a great, opening to a new topic which was oh i don't know that he is overlooking the design of joe rogan's comedy club in austin texas he is the dude that is in charge of the layout of the interior of the club he is a very important person in in the comedy world and he was just nonchalantly just sitting there up on the balcony of a different comedy club that I was at, the Vulcan. And uh, so that was very cool to meet him. And if I, if I didn't ask him those pivotal questions, I, I wouldn't have known that he was that dude. And it just was very organic. And then somebody sitting right next to him who also looked like rich as fuck uh, said he was the co-signer of the comedy club, the comedy mothership is the name of Joe Rogan's new comedy club, which is unopened and, and currently under construction. And he was like, yeah, I'm the co-signer. He was basically, so he, basically he, the owner, that dude was the owner besides Joe, the second daughter. Do I have to spell it out anymore? This is a pretty important person to, to meet. But I wasn't being annoying. I was just like, that's fucking amazing. And then he gave more details about the club uh both of them they were like yeah there's going to be two rooms one is going to be a 200 seater one's gonna be a little bit smaller so that's like insider knowledge that i got privy to just by i don't know having a basic just by talking to people and uh and not being annoying about it and uh so that was very cool to meet them and uh what else happened i think i got through most of the shit i'm angry about just like fuck it's like I got to meet better people, dude. Like, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. I'm not going to say this is not anyone specific except for that guy, that the cashier, which I already fucking ripped a new asshole. Uh, he fucking should get a better job, and then maybe he'll, he won't have to be jealous of people in Miatas. 
uh, that are doing better than him and just wanted a fucking cheeseburger. All I wanted was three cheeseburgers, three double-doubles, double-doubles protein style. I was just hungry, dog. I didn't want to have to tell you my whole life story. Sorry. Not sorry. Anyway, geez, I really, it just put me in a bad mood. Because, like, it went from a decent energy, like, he was being nice at first, and then all of a sudden, he, he, he starts showing resentment. It's like, yeah, you're blocking the line. It's like, yeah, because of you asking of fucking obnoxious questions. Like, why do I just volunteer? It's because I'm afraid of being called an asshole. And it's not, I'm not the one who made it weird, though. Like, it's so easy to be called an asshole if you're driving a nice car and you have a nice job and you're retired and blah, blah, blah. And you're young, whippersnapper, virile. I could fill a vat full of, I could just fucking donate so much sperm. Nobody would want it because it's fucking short genetics and it's like bargain bin sperm. But anyway, that's a dumb joke. It's true and it's also, it's just, a, okay. I think we talked about the drive-through experience enough. I think I'm over it. That's this is what this podcast is for. It's for catharsis. Jesus, fuck. And I also I'm not the my voice like it's easy to offend people in my body. Like I all I have to do is go hey, yeah yeah just make a look and people don't like that. It does hurt people's feelings, especially if they're sensitive. Ugh. You know, so I'm just trying to be nice to people, man. But, like, don't ask annoying questions, man. <laughs> Ugh, I, I could talk more about something else, about uh, hating men. I don't really care. I, I wrote this a little a couple of days ago about how a lot of people hate men, and that's why I don't talk to women that often. I never talk to women. Doesn't mean I am afraid to. It's basically from it's the same reason I don't talk to homeless people as bad as that sounds I would much rather talk to a homeless person than go up to literally any woman isn't that fucked up that's how bad women are these days that they're so easy to judge and they're quick to, they're so quick to throw a man under the bus if all he does is say anything that offends her this is a generalization, but it's, hey, it's fucking true for, like, mo like hey, generalizations, it's, I get it, it's, it's it's slippery slope. But when it's basically 90% of the population that does this, yeah, that's why I'm talking about it. There's such a thing as statistics to back things up. Hey, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm a genius or anything, but I don't know. I guess I kind of know something about something. And so I, I just think that's fucking sad that... I'm so sensitive to being scorned by women that I don't even say hi to them. I don't, I don't even have a basic friendship with literally or acquaintance with anybody. If they say hi to me, I'll be nice. I'll be like, yeah, what's up, dude? What's up? I, don't, I say dude. <laughs> I'm so fucking backed. I'm so divisive. Nah, I'm not even going to elaborate. I'm not even going to like course correct on the word divisive. I know I'm not. I'm not the one being divisive. It's the homeless people. They're the problem. It's not society. It's you. It's Society's fine. Society's not broken. The system is not uneven. You're just a... 
Is that a, is that, have you ever considered that maybe you're just a fuck up if you're homeless? Is that like that controversial of a thing to say? I know it is, but like I, I mean, I'm willing to be corrected. Is that fuck? Is that really that unheard of? That maybe there's just such a thing as fuck ups in this world, and that's why I don't want to deal with them. It's not my fault. It's not my responsibility. These fucking libtard scooter riders that go, hey man, I'll help you out. You could create, you could come with me. I'll give you a free shower. And that's why they stay where they are because some of they know that there's going to be some ass. And hey, if there's any homeless people watching, I'm not that guy. I ain't going to stop. I'm going to keep plowing through because I don't like you. Go in the woods. Anyway, I'm brain damaged, I think. <laughs> dude, I'm too brain damaged to be a comedian anymore, dude. Like, I'm just realizing how bad I am at it uh, now that I've been doing it for a while and that I'm sober and I have, like, a really even-keel, uh, accurate way of evaluating things. It really sucks to suck at comedy when you've been doing it for nine years and you just know that you're not that good at it, it's like, it fucking hurts, dude. Because if you're six months in, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to suck at it. You don't have a voice. You don't have a point of view. You don't have much figured out except for a couple hack jokes about, I don't fucking know, some hack shit that pretty much everybody has thought of at some point and it gets a laugh, but it's not, unique it's not like gonna put a mark on the the art form you gotta have a unique point of view to be a fully developed comedian and i definitely have somewhat of a point of view it's it's uh it appeals to 75 year old racist men from florida but hey that's something it's better than nothing it's better than just being a fucking square who does fucking puns I try to do old jokes and they don't work anymore because my perspective did a fucking 180 since I wrote the joke. I can't sell them anymore in my voice. Like I have a joke about how Hitler, I found out he doesn't have a gravestone. And it's like, why not? What am I supposed to dance on? Because, hey, I want to dance on his grave because I'm happy he's dead. Well... I did a complete fucking political 180 since I wrote that joke. I fucking like Hitler now. So it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fucking work. Nobody wants to hear that from somebody who likes the guy. And I don't actually like Hitler that much, but I think, eh, it's not that bad if you like Hitler. He's just a historical figure that died a long time ago. It's not like he's still fucking doing anything. It's okay, I think, to kind of be into Hitler. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, you should, like, kill, go around shooting Jews or whatever. But just to kind of be like, okay, you know, there's something to that. There's something kind of aesthetically appealing to the to the whole Nazi regime and, like, the the cool little banners and shit, like, uniforms. It's like, okay, you got to start somewhere with, neo, you know, with endorsing uh, the Nazis. Like, and, hey, you got to be pretty close-minded to think that neo that Nazis did not dress cool. 
you gotta have you gotta be like flying like there's no fucking way that you could just say oh yeah that's ugly suck my cock that is they were definitely good at dressing and uh i don't know i thought about that but i am brain damaged and i think it's from like i said earlier from being jaded like i i used to think it was from covid from getting covid and like kind of fried my brain a little bit made me less assured of myself i don't know what it is but like i can't go on stage and be confident anymore I can't do my persona of racist, bigoted, misogynist anymore. It's tough. I can when it's like a good room. When it's a good room, I could get into it. Like once I get a big laugh, I go, okay. And I'm comfortable enough to continue saying I like Hitler and all that shit, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, it's just that nobody does that. Nobody really does that. So that's why it's unique. It's not, I'm not saying it's good. Like most, I mean, it's fucking scary to do something that edgy in public in, in a comedy club. But it's not really public. That's a private thing, actually, at that point. Because uh, ideally, comedy clubs don't let you bring your phones in. So actually, that is a safe space for comedians. But we'll get more into that later. We're still uh, very early into the episode. I got a lot to talk about. What is uh, What somebody's willing to say on stage for entertainment value is different from what they're willing to discuss in their personal life, a.k.a. offstage. Just because I say something for shock value doesn't mean I actually think it or want to be judged as such. Like, I don't know, the example I just made with the fucking Hitler thing, the Hitler joke. Like saying, oh, why doesn't he have a grave? I want to, what am I supposed to dance on? Just kidding, I like him. That is the new punchline to make it kind of funny, uh, but it's pure shock value. Um, I don't actually go around saying, I, I, like, I don't actually have like posters of Hitler on my wall. That'd be kind of fucked up. It'd be funny too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I keep saying it, like trying to censor myself. It, I'm trying to be like PC on my own podcast. I guess because I'm not like a neo-Nazi. Because I guess if you literally had like a Hitler poster on your wall, that would be kind of like fucked up in a way. But if you do it for irony, for because it's funny, that is kind of cool. That is kind of funny, actually. Um, so I don't know. I live, I guess I'm smart enough to actually get why that's a joke. Like it most, like so many people are like so dumb that they think that just because you say something fucked up like that, that that means you actually think it. And I'm not going to go down a long winded rant about that, but fucking Ari Shafir, he's one of my favorite comedians and he has been since the early, since the mid two thousands. Since he put out the amazing racist viral videos on YouTube, one of the earliest fucking viral videos, uh, and it's fucking hilarious, and it holds up, and I, I was like, damn, this, this is fucking hilarious, and to this day, yeah, I get it. If you don't get what he was doing, that it's funny because of how offensive it is, and you just think he's actually doing something uh, bad... Like I, I'm trying not to say to kill yourself, but you should 
you should reevaluate your uh, intelligence. I'm just saying. Like, if you don't, if you're that dense and and retarded that you can't understand the purpose of why that's being done, it's for entertainment value. You fucking idiot. <laughs> like when I go on stage and just flaunt my the little wealth that I have, like the little bit of like success that i have I, you know i i do it because it gets people to pay attention and sometimes it's fucking hilarious to say that you have more money than other people there's many many ways to talk about that and that's funny like somebody asked me if i was looking for roommates or if i knew anybody looking for roommates and i was like no i do not but meanwhile i have a fucking house with four bedrooms and i only use one of them so yeah i could definitely have roommates but i don't want to have roommates and there's definitely room for humor there to kind of be like yeah i have things i could share but i'm not gonna do that it's funny and it's part of my persona and i don't i shouldn't have to explain more but apparently i do because it's usually newer comics like people that have been doing it for like, only like a year or so that don't get it that go like, what are you doing why do you do that you're rich i don't like this like i'm not rich first of all and i'm doing it because it's interesting and funny and i resent you for actually taking it seriously so that's why i need to form a clique and actually find peers if i haven't made that clear enough by now jesus christ this is a serious goddamn episode but uh they've kind of yeah they all are they're all it's just me being honest, you know? Like, who the fuck... Who am I to not be honest? Just think I'm too good to be myself. Uh, so that speaking of that whole deal, another comedian that gets a lot of flack for not being that funny, but that's not the point, is uh, Amy Schumer. And I kind of get why she got offended that somebody made a joke about how she's a whore. I am totally on her side now that I kind of am getting a similar kind of, uh, not similar, whatever. I guess I have to go into it. Uh, it's four in the fucking morning. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, uh, Amy Schumer met a fan on the street and the fan took a picture, selfie, posted it on Twitter and said, spent the night with Amy Schumer I know I'm not the first guy to do that. And that's a joke about how she's like a slut or whatever. And she responded, oh, because I'm a whore. Like, because she, she took offense. And she got flack for that, I think, for blowing up his Twitter and, and him getting attacked by her fan base. I think the media painted her to look bad in that context, in that situation, in that story, whatever. But I am totally on her side because, like I said, the reason she does comedy about how she is promiscuous is because it's funny and entertaining. As much as people talk shit about her comedy skills, she definitely is decent. You know, she's definitely competent. She knows how to deliver a joke or whatever. And that is one of the ways that she gets her act. That she That's one of the topics that she touches on. Because it works. It doesn't mean that she actually likes being called a whore in real life. That's actually a pretty rude thing to say to somebody. So 
like okay like if so, like if a female comic goes on stage and says oh man i was such a slut last night do i blew a bunch of guys it's not, and that's horrible that's not funny hopefully it's usually a punchline. <laughs> but uh so let's say they do that something like that and you go and then after her set you go up to her and go like Hey man, I heard you're a whore. Can I fucking stick my dick in your twat? Yeah, she's in the right to to get pissed off and and blow and uh, get the fuck out of there. She's like that's an extremely rude thing to say to somebody, even if they just talked about it on stage. And that's why I am also a victim of reverse classism. Because I go up there talk about how I'm better than everybody, and then they immediately, as I get off stage, go. Oh, so you're rich. Mm, can you buy me a car? And then it's like, no, I was just, this is a joke. It's like, yeah, I, I don't have that much money in my bank account. Like, I'm not rich. So that was, that was just a joke. So I don't like you now. It's not as bad as being called a whore. <laughs> but that's the closest comparison I could think of. And also, people talk about it a lot. Like, I have a reputation or that goes across the country, not to brag, but it's true. Like like comics, probably just from that that started in Chicago, have all been talking about how I'm killing it and like rich or whatever. And I fucking don't like that because that's a negative rumor. It's 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 not like people are exactly favorable towards rich people like actual rich people like jeff bezos rich people like people with like hundreds of millions of dollars end up that's rich if you're just a millionaire that's not rich i got news for you if you think just having a million dollars is rich you're a little bit naive um (laughs) so i don't like that people are like coming up to me and be like hey i heard you're rich it's like okay yeah comics are dickheads i like to talk shit and i and it's weird because that's not really like a negative thing but it is because people hate rich people and i'm not even one of them i get it if i was actually rich like okay then i get it you could be a little bit jealous and i'll try to compensate for it or something which i would if i actually had enough money if i was like loaded I would totally give back to the community. I would build a comedy club. I would book people. I would pay comedians that were poor. I would hook people up. I'm not that person. I'm nice enough to be that person, but I don't have the funds to throw around. And somebody came up to me and uh, said the exact same thing I just said. They're like, hey, man, I heard you're rich. Dot, dot. Why do you have an Apple? What's with the Apple Watch? And I got super defensive because I didn't really know this guy. I, I knew of him. Like, I've seen him around, but I didn't like the way he approached me. And I was trying to think of a comeback. I was like, well, I heard. And he's like, no, 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 shut up, shut up. Like, he didn't even let me think of something. So that kind of got under my skin. So I was like, what's with the nosiness? And uh, it was a negative, kind of an awkward uh, back and forth. He was like... I don't know, man. But anyway, we we made up the next, the very next day. I saw him at a different place, and then it, we sat next to each other. He's like, "Sit down, sit down." And so then he's like, "The reason I came up to you is because Apple watches are for college girls. 
I was like, okay. He was like, I really am into watches. And since you're rich, you should get an Omega Seamaster or something like that, which is like a $12,000 watch. I was like, yeah, man, watches, yeah, they're cool, I guess. And he talked all in all about it. He just kept going on and on about how I should get a watch, like a really expensive one. And he showed me his watch, and he had like a pretty nice watch, like one that happened to be worth about $800, he said. I was like, yeah, man, cool. I wouldn't want to walk around with that, though, in Austin, Texas. Like, I'm pretty sure I know that that's like a really dumb idea to walk around with like a fancy piece of jewelry that that anyone could just take when you're not looking. And he was like, yeah. And I, and I said, I wouldn't want to do that unarmed in Austin. He was like, oh no, I'm armed. I always have a 45 on me at all times. And I was like, oh, okay, well that's good. I did. I, yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's cool, man. And then that's where the conversation ended. And I still wasn't going to get a watch just because this guy told me to. I don't like, I don't really have that kind of money to throw around on something like that. Uh, I already spent it on the Tesla, which I don't drive. I already learned not to throw money around like that. And uh, I'd rather invest it. And so a couple hours later, I saw him at a different comedy club. And guess what? His watch got stolen directly off his wrist without him even knowing. Not even two hours after the conversation where I told him I would never do that. (laughs) I would never walk around with a watch like that. And then it got stolen off his wrist without him knowing. He was like, dude, you wouldn't believe this, dude. My watch got taken away off my hand, and I don't even know when or how. I was like, and I tried to, like, act surprised, but, like, I wasn't. I was like, like, damn, that sucks, dude. Damn, I feel like I should, I kind of feel obligated to buy you a new one. Just kidding. And then he just walked away because, like, what? what? I'm not going to be empathetic. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm sympathetic like I, like I felt bad but it's like I told you like what do you want me to say dude why would I, what the fuck <laughs> so I don't have a fucking expensive watch so that was ridiculous that was hilarious dude <laughs> uh, that's what you get when you t- go up to people and tell them how to spend their money dude that's karma that's instant karma for you but I do feel bad for the guy he's a super nice guy just, but I, I don't know, man. I feel like, <laughs> feel like he kind of deserved it for doing. For that's like, that's fucking ridiculous, dude. Like, there's, there's so much like synchronicity. There's been a lot of like blue moons and like uh, the stars have been aligning. I, I do believe in karma now. I do kind of believe that there's a greater power, and that things happen for a reason. <laughs> Because uh, I did kill Tony on Monday, last Monday. Did a little show called, oh, I don't know, Kill Tony. One of the biggest shows in the whole city. It's a podcast that gets hundreds of thousands of views and probably even more listeners. I don't know how many, I don't know. It was a big, very popular show. It's something that everyone tries to do or they don't because they think they're better than it and they don't need to or whatever hey none of my business i just know that i did it last monday and i got called first out of the bucket after hans kim a very very fucking funny comedian very talented uh i went up after him he's a regular 
not that I need to tell you this, you probably already know who he is if you're watching uh, this, because he's also in the same comedy scene as me. Anyway, so I did okay. The set was not very good. I didn't kill or anything. I did. I didn't bomb either, but I was. It wasn't a good set. But I. I didn't really think I was gonna do that well. I didn't really plan it out that hard, and I kind of fucked it up a little bit. But the interview was pretty good. I think I handled it pretty well. Nothing they said hurt my feelings. Like, because I was so prepared to go up there and just have fun. And that is exactly what I did. Like, as soon as I heard my name called, and I went up as Tim.com, because I don't want to fucking have him deal with my real name, Weichselbaum. So I went up as Tim.com, and as soon as I heard my name, I just fucking marched up to the stage, and I just felt the energy. I absorbed the positivity of the excitement of going on a real stage in front of a fucking great crowd, and I just did the minutes. I stopped exactly at the kitten noise, and even when I got the kitten noise, I got a laugh because I... Like I paw, like I froze in a way that was funny. Like right as the kitten sound effect happened, I was like, like I fr- I froze in a funny way. So the interview was really good, and I could tell it was going well because of the way that Tony was looking at me, like the way he he was like looking at me and like kind of leaning over the table to look at me and like. I think we had a good back and forth, like a good interaction. I think we're, we were kind of simpatico because I love when a good roast, when a when somebody roasts me in a professional way, that's fucking beautiful. I love playing off that, and I set him up a little bit because it came up that uh, he asked me what I do for a living, and I said I'm a, and I said this is exactly what I said. I said I'm a retired web developer. And then he's like, I knew it was going to be something retarded. And I said that in a way to set him up. I said, I'm a retard. I said it like that with like a southern drawl to set him up so he, he could say, yeah, I th- the word retarded. Because that's obviously what I was trying to say in a, in a simple, in a subtle way. Anyway, interview went well. It was a blast. Blast and a half. I kept looking towards the pit of where the comics hang out i kept like looking at them to like be to like check up on them like yeah look at me look how i'm doing i'm having fun i'm doing what you wish you were doing and uh i don't know i I kept checking in with them and i kept looking at the balcony and like going like yeah look at me how you guys yeah yeah and you know it was fun like i said a million times already it's not much more to say I got booked for the secret show, so that means I did okay. Like Red Band asked me to do five minutes on the secret show, which I guess is a good thing. I guess that's like considered an accomplishment. That's kind of like the equivalent of being asked to go on Johnny Carson's couch to be waved to sit on the couch if you kill on Johnny Carson. Not that I killed, not tooting my own horn. I know that it wasn't that. I know my own limitations. I did not by any means kill, but I had a fun interview. I rolled with the punches. I was in a jovial microdosing. I microdosed that day, so I was like, yeah, dude, I'm just happy to be here. And uh, I was on stage for so long, it felt, 
probably it was only like five to ten minutes, but it felt long. So I was, I almost cut my own interview short. I was like, okay, well, I've had fun. And then I started to put the mic away, but it kept going for another five minutes or so. They wanted to pick every piece of meat off the bone. And we got pretty in depth uh, about my life, which is not much. There's not much going on. I talked about guns, how I like not shooting them. Like I've only gone shooting them once. I just like to buy them and wave them at people in traffic. And so I got a few laughs, and uh, people came up to me afterwards and, you know, said I did okay. Not everybody, but some people. And uh, as soon as I got off stage, and went, I went right back to the place where I came from, which is, like, in the very front of the venue by the door where they force everybody to just cram in. All the comics have to stand in a tiny little uh, roped-off corner and i and i was like well i'm going back to the pit of despair and i felt so good man but i didn't try to cultivate fanfare i just stood exactly where i came from and just enjoyed the rest of the show and didn't act like a douche about it i was just so happy that i did it and that it went well it was the best outcome i could have hoped for aside from actually doing well <laughs> aside from actually having a good set. Uh, so it felt like I just got laid. It was the the best feeling afterglow I've had in a long, in fucking years. So I just stood there trying not to look happy. <laughs> like I didn't want to look too excited because other comics would have gotten jealous if I did that. If I was like smiling, like, look at me, dude, I'm fucking awesome, dude. Because I know that uh, other comics wanted to do that have that experience and uh it was so fun it was so i stayed for the very end uh until all the comics left and i stayed until the whole after show was over and that's about it and i did the secret show i met uh, a lot of cool people i met uh, michael lehrer he is a comedian. Originally, he, he was a Second City guy in Chicago for like a long time. He has like 20 years of experience, and he's super talented. But he has a—he's dying of a, a totally degenerative uh, terminal illness called uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, or uh, why can't I think of it? For fuck's sake, ALS. He has ALS, so he's in a wheelchair. And you probably know who he is. I don't have to talk. I don't have to explain who he is. He's an inspirational person, and he almost quit comedy about eight months ago. And so it was really cool because he did give me like a fist bump. And he's a super nice guy. And uh, and if he's doing it, then any then I should not anybody. If he's doing it, not anybody can do it. But what is my excuse for not working my ass off? I could walk. He can't even go up to the green room of his own comedy club that he works at every week or so. That is sad, and it makes me feel bad that I'm able-bodied and able to walk upstairs. So it makes me want to work harder in his sake. Now, you know, you know, I don't know him that way. I just, it's just like, I don't know. It's very humbling. And so the secret show... But when they called up Michael Lehrer to do his set on Kill Tony, the same episode that I was on, 
As soon as Tony announced his name, a comic behind me got visibly upset. He was like, fuck, fucking, why do they got to have him go up? It's going to take forever, man. There goes my shot. And that made me fucking hate this guy. And I, I already didn't really give a fuck about him. Like, I could already tell he was kind of like, not kind of like an asshole or whatever. But like, now I fucking hate this guy not gonna say who it is but it's like yep that's what i thought i thought you were a fucking dickhead you fucking cocksucker like you deserve like you like he's taking something from you like you you're entitled i don't know so the fuck that guy not gonna say who it is um but i get it i get where he's coming from i used to kind of be that way but then i just kind of realize that that's not really how you get not really the best attitude what are you contributing <laughs> by being an asshole by being jealous of somebody with als <laughs> that guy with als is taking away my opportunity me i want i want some of that that juice and this guy didn't say nothing to me so fuck this guy i'm gonna ignore him so hard for the rest of my life <laughs> I love I love ignoring people. I mean, people do it to me, and I don't really do it. I, I I don't I don't like doing that. I don't like being toxic. But there's some fucking egomaniacs in Austin. Turns out now that I'm actually kind of getting into the real like depths of the scene, I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of like social, you know, a lot of ego people, you know, a lot of people that just really want to like climb the ladder and just get successful for the sake of gaining clout, which is absolute bullshit. If you're doing comedy just to do, just to say that you're a comedian that uh, works certain clubs and like you're, you're more successful than other people, yeah, you're a fucking asshole and you're probably not that funny. If you're funny, okay, there's some room for, for ego a little bit because it helps a little bit. helps to have a little bit of an ego, uh, but if you're nothing but a fucking vapid social climber, I don't have much respect. Anyway, so the, so I did the secret show. And I went up second to last. It was a stacked lineup. Jeremiah Watkins. Super fun. The only thing that I want to say about it, because it is a secret after all. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, people were visibly... They were verbally jealous. They said, I'm jealous of you. Because I got up on the secret show after my first appearance on Kill Tony, which I guess is kind of a sign. That's a little bit on you. That's rare. It's not, I mean, it's not, other people have done it, whatever. It definitely is somewhat of an accomplishment, according to other people. I think it is too, but I, I, don't, I don't really... It didn't really like give me a big head because I've been doing this for nine years. Uh, so it's like, okay, yeah, just another show. It's just another blip on the radar. It's not a make it or break it thing at all. Just because I'm doing a show at a club, okay. But I didn't, doesn't mean I took it for granted. I was absolutely stoked to be booked on this show. I was excited the whole time, a little bit nervous, 
not too nervous. I, I knew I could do five minutes. It was only five minutes. I was like, okay, I could do five minutes. Uh, and, and just the day I, I was just so excited to start driving over there. Cause for once I had a reason to drive into town other than to just bomb on a fucking patio. I was driving with a purpose. I was like, yes, I am driving to do a set at the most hip popular club in the city. It's just a guest set, but so what? It still means I'm a comedian tonight. And so I, I walked there into the club and I didn't want to like even say anything. Like, hey, I'm on the show. Can you let me in? I said nothing. I just made eye contact with one of the bouncers who knows me and he 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 gave me the nod and I nodded back and I started walking in. And then a different employee that I didn't that didn't know me tried to stop me because they didn't know I was a comic. And then immediately a different employee who who knew me from years ago who happens to work there was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, he's a comic. He's a comic." And then he said, "Sorry." He's like, "Sorry, man." And that made me feel so fucking validated. It just made me feel like, damn right. Not in an ego way, just in a like, oh, that's nice. Because I wasn't expecting an apology. It's like, I get it. It's fine. I, you don't, they don't know me. It happens all the time. Just the fact that I didn't have to say anything, that's how you know it's a proper club that they know what they're doing. They knew who I was, at least two of like a lot most of them. They knew I was on the show. I didn't even have to open my mouth. And then I had free range of the club, which you don't normally get. If you're just an audience member, you have to stay in your seat. You can't just wander around. So I was taking advantage of that tiny little opportunity to just be free and just meander around wherever the fuck I wanted. I got to just go on the first floor just during the show, just walk through the crowd and go up to the, get free drinks. I was fucking, I love free drinks. I don't even, I don't drink alcohol, but I got Red Bulls and water and like, I don't know, man. It just, I felt welcome in my new hometown of Austin, Texas. So I I felt like I was a true I'm truly in the fabric of the comedy scene. Never mind how the set went. The set was okay. I did 5 minutes and I did my time. I ended okay. I didn't kill by any measure. Uh I introduced uh Sam Prickett who also happened to be called up on Kill Tony at the same episode as me and he crushed it. He is going to be a, a big name. So I'm really happy for him. And I introduced him. He killed. And uh, it was just a really good night. It just felt so cool to be there. I went to went in the green room. You know, there wasn't anyone that famous there. But just being around, even just being around Red Band, he's somebody I look up to. And I've looked up to for a decade at least. And I, I, it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm like talking to this guy. Like he's like, he actually knows me. He knows who I am. And we kind of have things in common. And I, I made him chuckle a little bit just, he, just in conversation. And I, I sat next to him on the balcony. 
And it was like, wow, I'm actually part of this. Like it made me almost choke up. It made me almost emotional. <laughs> Takes more than that to make me cry. But <laughs> just the fact that I was hanging out with the dude that knows, you know, that started the Joe Rogan JRE. He fucking started that podcast and he was sitting right next to me. And I was also sitting next to the dude that ran the comedy store and is going to be running a new club, the most prestigious club in the whole country. I was just sitting right next to him and he was talking about how it's a great thing that we're all in Austin. We as in him and Red Bad, not me. I was just the asshole, the new guy. But just to be included in the conversation and not be feel like I was uh, encroaching fucking amazing dude and so yeah, i don't know man i could say a lot more about it but i relished it dude just to to be there not to have to wear a wristband and the set was okay i did edgy material which the crowd actually liked i can't believe that that happened i did material where i came i told i was i said i was the token republican and i said uh i voted for trump and you got to be nice to me because that means I'm retarded, blah, blah. They actually liked that. They actually liked somebody saying something that would usually not work. Like I said, fuck communism. <laughs> People like started clapping a little bit. I don't know. It was like just it fucking renewed my hunger in such a powerful way. And to be in the green room hanging out with people that did Moon Tower I could go on, but I think I talked about it enough. The episode will come out in a week or two. I don't know. And uh, maybe they'll delete my appearance. Who knows? Maybe I maybe I was so problematic on my uh, secret show set that they will wipe the... Who cares? It doesn't matter. I guess the only thing I'm paranoid about is that I talked about how I made a shitload of money in Dogecoin and all that shit. And so, like, I know a lot of people are only going to continue to uh, do exactly what I just complained about for about an hour. Uh, so I'm prepared for that. So I'm going to get a bunch of randos, hopefully not that many, sending me weird, uh, unsolicited uh, messages on Instagram. But who cares, dude? Whatever. I can handle it. I can handle a little bit of weirdness, as you could say. There's other people that are doing that are way better than me at comedy, and they they deserve the success that they are currently on the path of getting. I am already a little bit more older than them, some of them, so I take it slow. I, I don't really want to get success until I have earned it. I don't want to open for. I don't want to get showered in in an opportunity that I don't deserve because that is a bad thing. I think if you are only a year in and you already opened for Joe Rogan and then it's only it's really hard to maintain that level of of heat if you're not that funny you need to be funny to maintain that level of heat but anyway this has been a fun episode this was episode 26 of the Tim Vikes Bomb show I will see you next week thank you for listening <laughs>